0: Welcome to episode five of module one. Very, very happy that you're coming back. I really appreciate that. So this is where we left off from episode four. This is muscle atrophy. So if you're looking at this picture, you can see that the right uh, calf is much, much smaller than the left calf and not really sure why at this point, but definitely able to see that one uh, muscle cell uh, doesn't make a difference, but multiple muscle cells certainly can make a difference. All right. So let's look at ventricular hypertrophy, which we could have an actual picture of it, but there weren't really any good ones. So looking at the bottom part of the heart, I know you've all taken anatomy, but we'll, we'll start with zero here. So looking at the left ventricle, which remember that you're looking, um, opposite remember there's a mirror image when we're we're looking at right versus left when we're looking on the paper so the left ventricle is on our right hand side when we're looking at this so on the left hand side on the left hand image uh, the this is a normal heart on the right hand image the left ventricle is thickened now the problem is is you can see on that chamber that the left ventricle is going to be able to hold much less uh, fluid in it, so much less blood in it so, Each pump, it's actually going to be pumping less blood, is the issue. Now, because the myocardium, the muscle that is there, is so much thicker, it actually will make it so that it's harder to stretch so that the amount of blood that it can push is less. So not only will it hold less, it will open less and it will push less. So that hypertrophy means to a mu- leads to a much lower cardiac output. It's really a, a bad situation. So this is hyperplasia. This is a picture of a keloid on a person's ear. Now a keloid is an overgrowth. So hyperplasia, that overgrowth, um, and this, a keloid just happens to people, unfortunately. We don't know why one person is more susceptible than another. Um, but I know that if I go and remove this keloid, that it, it will just simply probably grow back unfortunately so a person who is um, susceptible to keloids they're just kind of stuck with them unfortunately Uh, and we know that in the future if they end up with scars that they're much more likely to end up with additional keloids so a keloid is an overgrown scar um, that just doesn't stop growing All right, so this is metaplasia. Metaplasia, remember, is the uh, replacement of a type of cell with a more rugged type of cell. So Barrett's esophagus, so your esophagus, the tube that goes from your mouth to your stomach, that a person who has a lot of acid reflux, acid that comes from their stomach and up, um, so GERD or heartburn they end up exposing their esophagus to a lot of extra acid. So on the left, you can see that all of the tissue is pretty much the same. Um, ignore the, the white dots in this picture because those white dots are, are just shiny. Um, it's not a really good picture. But on the right hand side, you can see how there's darker pink and then there's lighter pink in patches. Those patches are areas of different kind of cell. Uh, And so that's a precancerous change with that metaplasia. All right. And here is a change in the amount and type of cells um, uh, in the growth of the normal cells. So on the left hand side, we can see a normal cervix and on the right hand side, there's cervical dysplasia. So... Uh, what we've got there, that whiteness is um, on the cervix. What you're seeing is um, um, hydrogen peroxide and it makes the dysplastic cells um, show up quite well. And then we have on this picture um, a neoplasia because it is um, eroded like cavernous um it is very likely to be a squamous cell cancer um but obviously without being able to see the um the the reports back um not able to confirm that of course but that's what it looks like to me is a squamous cell cancer all right so let's move on and talk about basic concepts of cellular injury so when they, when cells are not able to maintain homeostasis, they end up with a lot of problems. We can have dysfunction of that sodium potassium pump that we talked about earlier. We have dysfunction of the calcium pump, which is another one that works similar to the sodium potassium. Uh, they can end up with loss of plasma membrane integrity. And we talked earlier about how that membrane keeps everything good in and everything bad out. And if they have loss of that plasma membrane integrity, then it's just haywire, it's not good at all. Now the mitochondria, the ones that are um, the powerhouse of the cells. Now, if the mitochondria are not working correctly, then we don't end up with any good power, any of that ATP that we need. Defects in protein synthesis. So the protein is wrong, then the cells are not going to be able to use it correctly. Intracellular accumulations. If we have trash hanging around everywhere, it's just not going to function correctly. Cellular edema when we have too much fluid in the cells, things are just not going to be able to travel. And then we end up with cellular, I'm sorry, DNA damage. If we end up with DNA damage, then the proteins that we make from that DNA are not going to be able to function. And any future cells that get made from this cell are also not going to be able to function. It's a really bad issue. So the dysfunction of that sodium potassium pump, we talked about that before, cannot work without ATP. If the sodium-potassium pump, remember that's an active pump, if it doesn't have the ATP, it cannot work. So if ATP, uh, I'm sorry, if the sodium-potassium pump is not working well, then we have decreased membrane polarity and changes in the osmotic relationship of ions. And remember, it is that sodium-potassium pump that is continuing the action potential of the cell If the cell cannot create the right action potential, then it's not going to work right. The cells that need the biggest thing, the biggest action potential, are nerve cells and heart cells. Any kind of muscle cell is important, but heart cells, you can't function if you don't have the action potential of the heart cell. So, dysfunction of the calcium pump also cannot work without the ATP. Uh, If the cells are damaged, they cannot make ATP well. And then without the calcium, we end up with uh, damage to the cellular membrane. We end up with damage to the DNA. And that in turn causes further damage to the ATP production. Loss of plasma membrane integrity further decreases the ATP production. Uh, It doesn't allow things to heal. Uh, Free water can enter the cell. Injurious agents can enter the cell cell contents can leave the cell it's basically chaos if we don't make protein uh, the cells will basically die Uh, intracellular accumulations uh, we can't get rid of otherwise genetic damage uh, we talked about that one so if this all happens we have two options Cellular death can ensue if all of this happens to a point where the cells cannot survive. So we have either necrosis or apoptosis. Those are the two options that we have. So programmed cell death is apoptosis. So programmed, though, is really, really, really important. So the programmed part is the part that means that it's planned. So it works for cells that are worn out, cells that have been produced in excess, and we realize, oh my, that's a problem. Cells that have developed improperly or cells that have genetic damage. These are cells that for some reason, we just don't need them anymore. It is programmed. It is organized. Life is good. Cells become fragmented into multiple bodies. It's in a manner that maintains the integrity of the plasma membrane, and it's not messy. It doesn't initiate inflammation. That's really, really important. Apoptosis is not inflammatory. So it's a lot like cellular suicide. Now, it's kind of also like a garage sale because all sorts of pieces of those apoptotic bodies they get used by other cells that are around that apoptotic cell so if you have mitochondria that uh, don't that are still good and other cells can use them they'll just go into the other cells it's not that big of a deal so it's kind of like recycling so apoptosis is what we like. Apoptosis is not messy and does not initiate inflammation. Now the other one, cellular necrosis, is caused by a loss of the cell membrane, which is why that cell membrane, membrane cell membrane integrity is so 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 important. And now remember that those lysosomes and the other organelles, some of the other organelles, still have that phospholipid bilayer. So if there's a problem with that cell membrane integrity on the outside, there's often a problem with that cell membrane integrity on the inside. So all of that, the acid that's inside those lysosomes and inside those other um, Organelles like the vesicles, that is also going to break down as well. So you get like this goopy, disgusting mass of what used to be the cell nothing is healthy, nothing is recycled, it definitely triggers inflammation. And we'll see in a couple of modules how that inflammatory process becomes a really big issue. Now this also often becomes an issue with cellular replacement and with tissue regeneration. So we really don't want necrosis. Now there's another word to understand, gangrene. Gangrene occurs when there's a considerable mass of tissue that undergoes necrosis so necrosis is just one single cell gangrene is when there's a lot of cells so a little bit different so we have these two options. We have apoptosis and we have necrosis. Apoptosis is part of a process, usually programmed, whereas necrosis is usually due to an injury. So that's that lack of homeostasis. Apoptosis, no ill effects on the body. Necrosis, very messy with adverse effects to a lot of the surrounding tissues or the perhaps the entire body, depending on the part of it so apoptosis hey there we go I used my yard sale where necrosis is really just like a volcano it's like a mess everywhere all right so let's look at some uh, gangrene here we have um, gangrene remember that's when we have the multiple tissues that have a problem so dry gangrene no active infection usually it's due to ischemia And then wet gangrene, there's an active infection. Many, many, many causes of this. So wet gangrene um, can be due to ischemia, but, but then there's also something else. So that's an important difference. All right. Let's pause here and we'll pick up in a moment.